Father, we're thankful for our team, uh, that what they sang is true, whether it was sung today, will be sung tomorrow, or was sung yesterday. Those truths reign, and Father, you are a way maker. We're grateful for our team, uh, even our brother James, uh, whose brother passed away. We pray uh, an extra measure of your grace to him. And now, Father, would you allow this moment, a moment to be uh, that you've ordained, allow this moment to be one where we hear from you, speak your truths, and are forever changed. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today's message, encouragement, sermon is called God's work for God's people. Good God works for God's people. God's people doing godly good works. Whichever of those came through and hit you know that today we're talking about this amazing God and some good works that he has for his people. Work has been a, a little bit crazy over the past year. We have had some of you that have been out of work. Some of you, your work has gotten a whole lot crazier because maybe your work is leading the household and no school meant all of a sudden uh, the clients that you served was around 24 seven. Maybe uh, work got a little bit crazier for you because you had to travel away to be able to get work because local work just dried up during this COVID season. Maybe work actually didn't skip a beat for you. No layoffs. Actually, work got a ton busier and you had to shift everything to go online. And now you find yourself staring at the screen all day long. I mean, I, I, I will definitely say I was excited and have been thinking for some time about us switching to offer some online opportunities while we worship, but I didn't know we would have to do it in a week. Work has taken some shifts for some of us. And then we come to this weekend, this weekend that is a part of our American cycle of doing life this weekend, which is a, a marker for when some, some seasons start changing. You start not being able to wear your white no more because of Labor Day and because uh, of fall is going to be starting. And, and, and this weekend is called Labor Day. Now, when I was a kid, I actually thought Labor Day had something to do with the Patriots and the 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 uh, armed forces laboring on our behalf. But actually, I came to find out of something totally different. That Labor Day has to do with uh, people, American people that were being treated unjustly. They were in work environments where they were not paid well, where their children sometimes as young as six years old were working, where um, the environment was really toxic and unhealthy and where job security was extremely poor. And these people got together and said, enough is enough. And they started protesting and they started saying, we need better conditions, let's unite. 
And in uniting, what they did was say, there's gonna be a day where we don't go to work. We're gonna protest by not going to work and we're gonna march down the street to City Hall, to Union Square in New York. And what we're gonna do is take flags, take banners, and we're gonna show you how much our work matters. Their whole goal was to bring attention to their labor efforts, their good work, and how they should be respected and treated well. And so they took the day off to bring attention towards themselves. And it continued to, to flow throughout America as more and more unions developed and joined in. And 12 years later, after that march, the federal government joined in and said, we will honor this as a holiday. The whole goal of Labor Day is to bring attention towards the good works of man. But I want to lead us. I want to allow God's word to speak to us. I want your mind to not have to stop thinking about how God works through our work, specifically your careers and jobs. I want you for a moment, though, to pause and think about works that might be greater than just your labor union, maybe than just what you do at the computer. I want you to join me in Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16 because God has some work that he wants done as well. And as we think about this weekend and a lot of things that are gonna be shifting, we want to be able to have the right mindset about work. may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. How do we let our light shine? Well, in order to do that, we, we're going to we're going to see how God uses the most amazing sermon ever preached. This is
down life and helps us understand how we can live according to his kingdom values. And the preceding verses help us understand what does it look like to let your light shine? Because this is a part of his good work. And so he starts it off by saying, let your light shine. Come on now, you sang the, the, the little nursery rhyme, this little, uh, yeah, y'all want me to sing? I ain't gonna do it for you. I ain't gonna do it. But, but you know that this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Jump up with me, stay in that chapter five, jump up with me to verse three. Because Jesus is talking to his disciples. He, he's been healing people. He's been preaching. And now he says to his disciples who are in the midst of bigger crowds, I got some stuff I want y'all to hear. I want y'all to know. I want to teach y'all. I want your light to shine. Here's how. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed Verse three, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God takes here uh, in Jesus's beautiful, amazing words. He takes here a concept that is common to man and he gives it spiritual implications. He says, when you are poor, when you struggle, when you have nothing, you know where your help comes from. Doesn't mean every poor person is saved or because you're poor, you're more likely to love Jesus. What it does mean, though, is that is that having nothing and then receiving something that didn't come from you, you know, you're a, you're a, you're a benefactor of grace, of 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 a blessing of and that blessing means God's favor. And so he uses this concept to say, if you're not poor in spirit. If, if, if you think that you did this, you have the strength, you by your own might, if you don't acknowledge that you had nothing and it was God that blessed and gave you and cared for you, you can't be about God's kingdom because God's kingdom starts with an acknowledgement that we are in need of him. You want to let your light shine? It's got to shine from a place of needing him. It's got to shine from a place of him being our savior. That's why the psalmist writes in Psalm 121, verses one and two, he says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You see, it's, it's, it's quite, quite simple to do God's work. The good work, you must realize you need God and you can't do it on your own. Can't do it on your own. Continue with me in those back, back to those lists of ways that God's communicating how we let our light shine so we can do these good works. Verse four, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourning means that your heart breaks for what breaks God's heart, that you join with God in the things that that 
that that that hurt him, you say though they hurt me too. Injustice of whatever side, whatever way, when you see it breaking God's heart, it should break ours too. We should not become callous. I was uh looking through a, a story that I recalled about a, a woman from Detroit. If you look in a website called A History of Racial Injustice, uh, there's a story about uh, Viola, uh, I think you say Liuzu, forgive me, but it's L-I-U-Z-Z-O. It says here on March 25th, 1965, a middle-class white housewife from Detroit, Michigan, uh, her life was taken in Lowdownsboro, Alabama. After watching television footage of state troopers attacking freedom marchers on Bloody Sunday, Liuzu drove to Selma, Alabama to join Dr. King uh, and join his efforts to organize another march. Hours after the successful Selma to Montgomery march ended, uh, she and Leroy Moton, a 19-year-old local black activist, were driving to Montgomery to pick up the last group of demonstrators waiting to return to Selma. Seeing the white woman and the black man together after participating in the civil rights demonstration, four Klansmen chased down Miss Liuzu's car and opened fire, taking her life. And Mr. Morton, Mr. Moton survived by pretending to be dead. One of the drivers uh, was po and possibly uh, her shooter was Gary Thomas Rowe of the FBI. Uh, who had participated in the 1961 beatings of freedom riders in Birmingham, Alabama. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover concerned that Ms. Rowe's history of violence uh, against civil Rose history, that Mr. Rowe's history of violence against civil rights activists and close ties to the FBI would harm the agency's public image. They launched a character attack against Ms. Liuzu uh, in the media, painting her as an unstable woman who abandoned her husband and kids and traveled to Selma uh, for ungodly reasons. Later, Mr. Rowe testified against the three other Klansmen who were with him on the night of her murder. Family, I'm, I'm sorry for such a, 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 a weighty example, but this breaks God's heart. Breaks God's heart because of the injustice that led this sister to even get up and say, I need to help advance this cause. People of color are being treated unjustly. Then she goes and helps peacefully, is attacked, life taken. It breaks God's heart that her life was taken. Then for the sake of public scrutiny. They, they lie on her name. It breaks God's heart. That truth would not be told. Exodus 23, 7 says, keep far from a false charge and do not kill the innocent and righteous for I will not acquit the wicked. Family, we have to see that we mourn with what God mourns about and we find favor in the Lord when our heart breaks for what breaks his. We got some good work to do. 
And we got some some ways in which he wants that good work to let our light shine because he is our light. But it, it happens through us needing him and then us having our hearts break like his. Continue with me in verse five. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That, that word meek means to, to submit, to, to by choice, submit your will unto God's. It's not a, it's not a, a, a weakness at all. It actually takes great strength for you to say, instead of acting out on my flesh and doing what I want to go do, God, I'm going to choose to submit to your way. Come on now, somebody knows it is way easier to cut you back than to say, no, revenge is the Lord's. And so as we submit to God's will and we are about his kingdom work, we are assured that we have an inheritance that is eternal. And it is that which is one day going to be Christ taking away all pain, all hurt from this world. And we get a chance to experience nothing but the shalom of God. Is that worth it? Is it worth it to submit to his will to 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 experience that? Love that Romans eight verse seven makes it clearer. He, he flips it the other way. Paul comes from it in this way. He says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Continue with me. Verse six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Righteousness is, is seeing God's order and his will and his justice executed here on earth. It is a beautiful order of God's world and intention happening now. That's what it means to 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 pursue his righteousness. We get to join with what God said should be. And we get to fight against things that are challenging and destroying that peace that God desires. But but I, I've been I've been kind of blown away. Because sometimes we think that that is something that is quenched. I uh, I used to watch um, and read about different folks that were successful. And I used to think rich people was crazy because there would be a, a, a rich person that would spend like two or three years of their life devoted towards a tech company. They blow the tech company up and now it's worth like millions upon millions and they sell it and they sitting back with three hundred million dollars. And what do they do in the next six months or a year, start another company, do it all over again. I'm like, these folks are, folks is crazy. But see, there, there was a, a weird hunger that wasn't just for the money, it was for continuing to achieve that goal and, and, and actually take the world out of it. When you start walking 
walking in the ways of the Lord and your your vision and your your mentality of that of God and you start hungering and thirsting for his righteousness it ends up sometimes, most of the time, almost all of the time. And as I'm looking around at the pillars and the, the people that have gone before me, it ends up being like a lifelong pursuit where you want the things of God that are righteous and, and you never kind of seem like the world just gets in order. And so you're like, oh, we cool now. We, we've arrived. There's, there's no more domestic violence. That never happens anymore. We did it. There's no more uh, uh, kids struggling because of what certain schools offer. Educational system, perfect. There's no more trafficking. There's no more uh, um, police brutality. There's no more. Sometimes you're hunger and you're thirsting for God's righteousness and it continues continues, continues, and plays out in good works that may take the rest of our lives. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? But, but the beauty is that not only are we doing this to reap a harvest today, the beauty is that God says, It'll be satisfied. What you are working towards, that is my kingdom good, the good works that you're doing and letting your light shine because you hunger to see change and see something different. It'll be satisfied. And so don't grow weary in the pursuit of doing godly good work. God will fulfill his promises. Continue with me in verse seven. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Oh, Lord. In two days, many of us will have our mercy meter checked because schools across our city will be starting up. Your, your, your teacher that has been trying to learn new content also is having to become a technologically uh, prof technologic technology professional. Come on with it. And now this educator is also having to change the medium by which they connect with children. Here's my question. For Christians, will they experience the mercy of God or the wrath for not getting it right? Will you see your teacher as a person that would love to be in the presence of your child that understands just sometime a little tap on the shoulder or sometime a little high five will help your kid like really excel and they too are grieving that they don't get to do that with your child? Are you seeing and getting prepared to say, I want to support, encourage, walk with, and extend mercy unto the educational system? Why? Because you and I both know that we need... <laughs> We need mercy as we have been in that teaching role or have been the primary educator for our kids. We know we ain't knocked this thing out the park and just get it perfectly. 
See, that's just a glimpse of what this spiritual verse seven is talking about. It's talking about something bigger. It's talking about your lifestyle. Guess what? There's going to be a day when you come before your maker and you can't use the good work solely of yourself to get you into heaven. That even with your good works, there's still some junkity, junk, junkity, junk in here that pauses you at the gate. That stops you. Because we are sinful beings wanting to be in a sinless place. And it is Christ at the door who says, come, my child. With all the wrong committed, I have washed you clean by my blood. And Father, I present this person unto you. You see, it is mercy that we hope to experience someday. Mercy that we are trusting God for. And so it is mercy we should be extending today. Find favor. Be blessed by God. By being merciful, for you shall receive mercy. Verse 8. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall, excuse me, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blumberg, a, a, a commentator that wrote a, a book about Matthew that I like, says the pure in heart exhibit a single minded devotion to God that stems from the internal cleansing created by following Jesus. Pure in heart, it's a, a single minded devotion to God that stems from the internal cleansing created by following Jesus. In, in, in layman's terms, this is this is a real and authentic relationship with the Lord. It's pure. It is what it is. I, 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 I love I love watching coaches. Because because coaches can have a great impact on children, on on kids, on development, even on adults when they're coaching teams. But there's 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 this this way where you can just tell the realness of a coach when a coach is like, OK, we down to our last our last five seconds. This is the play I got. We gonna go from you to you to you. And the ball's going to end up with you and we and then you're going to shoot it. You see, a, a, a coach, <laughs> a, a coach can communicate clearly whether they whether they believe what they are saying and get everyone else to be on the same page or whether they whether they don't. I mean, it comes across real clear and authentic. And and here the Lord is saying the pure in heart, those people who are real, authentic not coming with their scripts because their faith has been so long. And so they just have what they say every time to God, every day, and then they go to bed or then they eat. Da, da, da. But it's no, Lord, the messiness of my life. I come to you messy with messy things and saying it in messy ways. And I'm just trying to be pure in heart. 
they shall see God. They shall see God. You see, we want to know how our light shines. Here it is. God is, is wanting our light to shine for good, and these will flow and be good works. Good works for him. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Tony Evans says you make peace by identifying the truth, addressing the sin and constructing a bridge between those who are at odds with one another. With one another. One of the things we're we're trying to do, family, is is have our church be a, a, a mediating place, a reconciling place, a place where the gospel crosses all things and brings us into a closer unity with one another. I confess that 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 there are times when I have not been fully who God has made me to be. Because God, for whatever reason, has placed in me a passion for uniting and bringing people together. And sometimes I have allowed the way that I have said things instead of its primary motivation for unifying. Sometimes I, I, I have said things where my primary motivation was to shock you and wake you up. While that is the motivation of some, and I'm grateful for some prophetic people who roll like that because we need them. We need at times to be shocked to our brokenness, to our sinfulness. And, and don't get me wrong, as a pastor, I know when God's leading me to do that. But I also know when he leads me to, to lean in more towards peacemaking. And so one of the things actually I've been blessed and honored to to have our amazing elders uh, be in unison about is guiding our fellowship groups to have a time of discussing culture and race and going deeper. Going deeper. That's why next week when we talk, we'll lay out what that whole time is. But it's actually a time of us going deeper, not simply for people of color to be able to just be understood, though that matters. But actually for us all to have greater unity together. And so I'm excited for our fellowship groups to take place because we believe Christ is our mediator. Hebrews 9, 15 says, therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. See, Christ is our mediator. And so we want to be a peacemaker as he has made peace between us and the father that we sinned against. He has bridged that divide and unified us. So we're going to walk in that. We're going to be peacemakers. And first, it starts with us and the good work that flows from this house of God. And then we'll lead out into the community. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. When you walk like this, when you are letting your light shine in this way, when you are doing the good work of the Lord in this way. Notice I haven't set a, a career. Notice I haven't said a job. See, this is posture. This is character. This is lifestyle. This is something that we get strength to be able to do. That we get empowered by the spirit to be able to do. Back in verse four, it said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. That that term comfort is a term that 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 means strengthen. Get get the idea of, of when you are are working out and you are about to lift and you're going to lift something extremely heavy. You're a little nervous. You're a little scared. You're a little worried. But then comes someone who's a spotter. That's a person that stands there with you. And as you lift it up and it gets to be too heavy, that spotter just comes alongside you and lifts it up. See, that, that term comfort means to strengthen. And so in doing these things and walking in these good works, in letting your light shine, God is comforting you. He is strengthening you because you may, you will. It is a sign of what happened to Christ, that persecution will come. What will that look like for me, Pastor? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is this type of walking, these type of good works, good works that are very different than what the world does. Not a parade to work and celebrate how good we are and what we've done. Oh, this parade is very different. Very different. And so I need you to see, though, Look at verses three through 10 again. I want you to notice some differences. In verse three and 10, you'll see that those are communicated in the present tense. Blessed are the pure in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Today, it is your reality that being poor in spirit, God is with you and will build you up. And the kingdom of heaven is yours. Even today, you can experience God's peace in the midst of craziness. You can experience his blessing and his favor, even in the midst of persecution and challenge, because heaven is yours today. But verses four through nine, the verses we like to get excited about, the verses that allow our light to shine. We don't get so excited about the persecution, but we do get excited about the mercy and all those things, which we should be excited about. Notice the tense of how each of those end. Not necessarily guaranteed today. Future shall be comforted, shall inherit the earth, shall be satisfied, shall receive mercy, shall see God, shall be called sons of God. 
You see, some of letting our light shine and doing the good works of God is a lifelong journey where we don't see all of the rewards today. And that's why he says, I will strengthen you. I will comfort you. I will be with you even as you mourn and your heart is breaking and you are seeing injustice around. Don't worry. You'll be satisfied. Don't worry. You're going to inherit the earth. Will I change this whole scheme and there's going to be no more pain, no more hurting? Let your good works be about an eternal glory that far exceeds any of these moment truths, moment experiences, little drips in the bucket of pain, not minimizing anyone's hurt, anyone's challenges, anyone's struggles. What I am saying is I know it is but a but a blink in the span of eternity and we shall receive mercy. And so I want you to hear these words that were preached by Jesus, the most bomb sermon in the world. And I want you to see how it brings quite clearly the verses that we started off with, that you was listening so intently on verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. When we are walking like this, living like this, no darkness can overcome the light that flows from us. I'm not trying to guilt you or give you this long list of stuff you feel like you got to do. No, this is who God has made you to be, baby. This is who we are as his people. And and if we are not, then pray. Lord, I don't care about stuff you care about. Pray. Lord, I can receive mercy and delight and walk in that and be so thankful. And then I can't give no mercy to nobody. Pray. Allow him to step in because these are clear markers of a faith on the move. These are clear markers of works that he has done in us, of strength that he has provided us. These are clear markers of good works that we are to be about in any and every industry and walk of life. Jesus is our mediator. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Here's the reason. Not so you can go marching down the street celebrating you but that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. I am a firm believer in us going out and sharing the gospel. I loved when Matthew used to set up a prayer time. Uh, Alvin and James used to go hit the blocks. Uh, 
uh, Josh also, uh, some of our um, groups back in the day will go do evangelism. We have shared the gospel on, on basketball courts. Our brother D brought a, a, an amazing time during one of our three on threes. I mean, I can list for you years and years and years of us sharing the gospel, inviting people to accept Jesus into their hearts. Me Sunday after Sunday after Sunday at the end of a sermon, giving you an invitation to accept Christ, asking people to say that he is Lord and believe it in their hearts and give them an opportunity to walk. But you want to know the, the biggest display, the most powerful evangelism that comes from the church is us walking in the good works that God has for us. It is when my sermon accompanies you being merciful. It is when my sermon accompanies you not giving up and just no longer hungering to see things change and you let the world win but us thirsting for the righteousness of god to take place here on earth in the now so somebody's life could be transformed and when they say why did you do that why did you keep helping me when you barely had food why did you bless me when you could have been all about your own thing you created 48214 care when you were doing it when do you, why and we say it's because of him it's because of this god why do I send you texts just because I was thinking because of God sends me texts through the scriptures daily to remind me of his love for me. And we are to give God glory. It's all to give God glory. You see, there's a march that should be happening among Christians. There's a, a, a day of labor that could be celebrated, but my prayer is that it would be a march that's taking place 365 days a year where every day we are going out saying, yeah, look at the good works. Look at the good works of the king done for the king, and we have the power to do them from the king. Look at the good works that he is doing. Join me in that this is not something we can do in and of our own strength it has to come from the comfort and the strength of our god but he is with us he has promised us that he would never leave us or forsake us and so family my call to action for you as we got a union of our own it's called St. Local 316. Come on, Frank. <laughs> we are united in reflecting the king and shining this light so that he might be glorified through our good works. Which of those Beatitudes, if you're a believer already and you are walking this thing out and living for the Lord, which of those Beatitudes are you the strongest at? Which comes most natural for you as you look through three verse verses three through ten? And which one are you the weakest at? Which one are, do you need to invite people in so you might have prayer? Which one is a bit of a struggle for you? If you don't 
know the Lord. You get an opportunity to work for the king that's offering the best benefits in the world. Yeah, I'm cheesy. The benefits are out of this world. But today you have a chance. Today you have a chance to accept Jesus Christ who died for your sins. Who, who longs to see you reflect him. Who says, my grace is sufficient for you to endure anything. But it can't start with the work you want to do. It can't start with the things you want to achieve. It starts with you being poor in spirit. You cannot do good works in and of your own strength. So today we give you an opportunity, an opportunity to accept Christ into your heart and to believe that he is Lord and to submit to his ways. We invite you even now, if that is a reality that you would like to walk in and live in, say this prayer with me. Lord, I believe you. I confess that I sin and that I need you. Please forgive me for my sins that I might submit my will to your will. Allow me to walk in good works for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer with us today, day first off hallelujah we are shouting 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 and you are not alone there is a family of people who want to walk with you we would love for you to join us after the service in the zoom call that takes place if you are uh so i want to pray but i just if you are a person that's watching and uh, you've not yet had a, a, a connection with the church or you're on the fence, I just wanna invite you to join MacAv. Come be a part of this family that desires to love Jesus well and have people walking together so that you're not alone in this journey of doing good works for the kingdom. We don't, we are not, saved by our good works, but our good works reflect us being saved. Pray with me. Jesus, you are our king. We get a chance to bring you glory and help us to do that well. Glory is honor and attention to you. As we celebrate this weekend, this Labor Day weekend, we're thankful for those that work hard and been a blessing for us. But ultimately, God, we want to be a blessing to you through our good work. Give us wisdom. Allow it all to point towards you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.